Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Anybody thankful to be in church this morning? Come on, I think Jesus needs a little bit more praise than that. That's kind of weak this morning. He's here in the room. Come on, can we just give him five seconds? The loudest praise that we can give him. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, good morning, church. You guys sound amazing. You guys sound good. It's a beautiful thing to be able to uh, sit and watch and worship alongside. Some of you this morning are, um, you know, when you walked in, some of you don't like change. <laughs> I'm not a guy that likes much change. So this is weird for me, <laughs> where you guys are like around me and I'm with you. Um, but as I was worshiping this morning, and uh, I'm just so thankful for our worship team. Anybody thankful that God has just allowed us to have? Yeah. I'm thankful for our worship team, but I'm reminded as I'm sitting there that this, getting rid of the stage this morning um, is the best thing we could have done for us as a church. Here's what happens in the life of church. The moment a stage goes up, you guys think you just can sit, and you're not a part of the worship team. There's a, there's a, there's a gap. There's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a, a gap between us and you and you and us. And what happens when we get on the same level, we all realize that we are a part of this worship team this morning. Every one of you has a voice, right? You all have vocal cords. If you don't, you have hands. And if you don't have hands, maybe you have a foot. You can make some noise in the house of God. This isn't just for the worship team to lift up praise and adoration. This is for us as a church to join together with one voice, it says, with one voice of adoration and praise to Jesus because he's done a lot for you. He's actually done enough for you. If he doesn't do another thing, I've said it a lot. If he doesn't do another thing, he doesn't need to. He's done enough. He gave himself on a cross called Calvary, and he didn't stop there. He went to the tomb, and he stole the keys of death from Satan and said, my children who call upon my name will be saved. They're going to live a life of abundance. They're going to live a life of hope. And guess what? That's why we praise him. Amen? So this isn't just the worship team and your time to observe. Early on in our church, I harped on that. And I want to make sure that we remind our people that the worship time, man, it, Jordan says it, Pastor Jordan says it, it's, our, it's, it's your weapon. You know, prison chains fell off, prison doors flung wide open. Y'all, real close to me right now, it's awesome. And I'm still yelling. <laughs> they flung open, they broke off the moment Paul and Silas began to sing. Some of you are still held and bound because you're afraid to open up your voice because you're afraid of who's around you. Hey, guess what? We're family here. I just told the team in the back, they're thankful that I don't sing in this microphone. (laughs) That I sing back there behind a really loud instrument (laughs) because I can't sing. But guess what? I don't care. 
because I'm going to lift my voice loud to Jesus. I'm going to lift my voice with praise and adoration. I'm going to lift my voice because he is worthy of all of my praise that comes out of my mouth. He's the one that fills my, my lungs with breath. Then I want to give him back the breath that is due to him because he is the giver of life. Amen. I don't know who came to church this morning, but I, I thought about sitting on the stool this morning. But maybe I should stand to keep you all awake this morning because God's presence is in this house. And this is a gift. This is a privilege that we get to be together and worship him. Amen. Beautiful. One quick announcement. Transition. Calm me down. Um, August 31st is a Saturday. Everyone say August 31st. It's a Saturday. We have the opportunity to go and invest in this community of Pilsen. We are putting on at Dvorak Park, which is a park like a couple blocks right from here. Um, we're putting on a Saturday at the park. We're going to canvas the neighborhood. We're going to invite everybody. We're going to have back-to-school supplies. Hello. So we're going to start asking you guys to get your businesses, to get organizations, to get your families, to donate a bunch of school supplies and backpacks. We're going to do it right there at Dvorak. We're going to have a cookout. Hello. Who's the grill, grill masters in the room? Any grill masters in the room? We, okay, like, yes, yes. You're the man. He, this man, can you stand for a second? Just please stand. This is going to just be one of those Sundays. This man of God, his son Angel, uh, it brought him and his wife. And this man, yo, the first Sunday he was here, I didn't even have to ask him. You know what he did? He started grabbing pipe and drape. No, 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 stand up, Rich, stand up. He started grabbing pipe and drape and just started tearing down. And I was asking people, like, who's that guy? And they're like, I don't know. I have no idea. You're a servant. We're blessed to have you here. Thank you for all that you do. We honor you today. I mean that. Thank you. So we got him on the grill now too, amen. August 31st, we need some people to help grill. We need to, we need, we're going to take a, a, an offering to buy the burgers and I want brats. I don't want hot dogs. Hot dogs are nasty, but we'll have hot dogs. And uh, we're going to have bounce houses with, for the kids. We'll have waivers because I'll be in there. Um, we're just going to invite the whole neighborhood, amen. Yeah, and Captain George is whispering to me, mouthing to me, he'll have the fire truck there. So amen to that. It's just one of those Sundays, right? No thrills, no, nothing, nothing too fancy here. Um, but I want to continue then uh, in this final installment of this series called The Aftermath. Uh, anybody been here for this series so far? Been talking about the days after Jesus raised to life and uh, spent 40 days on earth. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Acts 1. Who brought the Bibles? Accountability check. I'm just kidding. But seriously, who brought your Bibles? Bring your Bibles to church. It's the best place, especially if you're single and you walk out of here with a Bible in your hand. You're going to look a lot more spiritual, and you might get a date. Acts 1, 1 through 9. Here we go. It's going to be up on the screen. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. The author of this book is, is many believe. Most, most people would believe that it's, it's Luke. Luke, the same Luke that wrote Luke, the book of Luke, is writing this book uh, of Acts. He's a brilliant man. He's a doctor, and he's given the account of all that happened um, when Jesus was on earth and his account as well. But then he writes the, the post when Jesus ascended back into heaven. So he's writing, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, speaking of Jesus, because that's who we believe in this church, there's no other way to heaven except through Jesus, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them. Do you remember the story of him walking through the walls to appear to his disciples, right? He constantly was appearing to his people saying, I'm alive. I'm here. And, and he was teaching them along 
the way. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave. Everyone say, do not leave. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Everyone say, gift. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. So Jesus answers them, right, because they ask him a question, right, and Jesus is kind and he answers them, but it's not what they wanted to hear. See, they were still concerned, like, what are you, when are you going to put us back to our rightful position? Like, when are you going to put us back in our land that we deserve? So Jesus answers them. But how many of you know sometimes the questions we ask Jesus, he's going to answer them, but maybe not the way we want to hear. Amen? Okay. <laughs> he wasn't rebuking them. He was just saying the questions, the answer to that question is not for you to know right now. And then he just gets back to business. Because Jesus will answer the questions we ask him, even if they're not the right questions. He'll give us an answer. But then he's going to answer the question that he needs to get to us. Hello? That's what I love about Jesus. Hey, how are you going to do this? He, yeah, yeah, well, it's not, it's not for you to know. It's not for you to know the time or the date. But, he says in verse 8, you will receive power. Everyone say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that's just amazing. <laughs> Jesus is instructing them, telling them this beautiful thing. And then all of a sudden, he's just like, see ya. Like elevator button, H, you get heaven, you know. The dad jokes are flowing. And a cloud hid him from their sight. Jesus, this is your word. I pray today, Father, that in this short time that I have, I, I pray, God, that nothing that I say will, will come from me, but it will come from you. I pray today, Spirit of God, that what we may know about this passage of Scripture, what we may think we know, I pray that you show us what is really being said here, that you teach us, that you equip us, that you change our hearts, that you reach those that are hurting, God, today. Would you lift the heads of the weary through this time, Father? Would you just strengthen us in this place with power? God, we need your power. Without you, we are lost. Without you, we can't do this. So, Father, thank you for your promise. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, come on, everybody says, amen. The aftermath, I entitled this, much bigger than that. Have you ever been in a moment where you're watching a moment happen and, and you see the moment happening and you're thinking, wow, the people around that moment don't actually see what's happening, but I see what's happening? Anybody ever been in that situation? I was um, running one day out at where we used to live down in the, in the sticks in the country, and uh, they had farms out there and nice green grass areas. And uh, I was running out there at this park, and I, I stopped running, and I sat on a bench. I was, I was done with my run, and I look out and there's this gazebo and I look in the gazebo and there's this, there's this guy, you know, and he looks really nice. He's all dressed up and, and they're walking hand in hand, you know, to the gazebo. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, I know what's about to happen. I know what's going down right here. And the girl's walking with them. And, but what they did not see, or at least she did not see, was her family's all hiding behind the trees, right, that I'm in my view seeing like, oh, snap, this is much bigger than a little leisurely walk to the gazebo, right? Like, her parents are hiding, like, they're like this, like, peeking out. And I was like, that's not that big of a tree. Like, you should go hide in your car. But I didn't plan it. I wanted to go help this poor guy. And then I saw this, this guy in the bushes. At first, I was a little alarmed. Like, why are you in the bushes with a camera? Like, that's awkward. And then I realized he was there for what's about to happen. He was the photographer. But it was really creepy. Anybody else? No, just me. Okay, cool. 
And so I'm seeing all this unfold, and this girl's just, like, walking around, like, no big deal. Like, we're just on a walk. And I'm thinking in my head, like, this is much bigger, and what's about to happen right now is much bigger than you can see. Like, like you're about to get proposed to. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, I really hope she says yes, because <laughs> the guy has been in the bushes for a little while, and I can just see him, like, get me out of here. And I saw this whole thing unfold, and I was just like, man, like, they don't see. She doesn't see what's actually happening around them. She's not seeing the whole picture. He is, the guy is, and he sees, like, there's much more happening around you than you can see. I, I look at this passage of Scripture in Luke, and I think about Jesus as he's on earth, and he's ministering for 40 days before he sends back into heaven. And I, and I think Jesus is, is, is doing all this because he says, hey, I died for you. I, I raised to life for you, and, and that's enough, right? Two of us. <laughs> Let me ask that question again. <laughs> Him dying and raising to life is enough for us. Wow. But Jesus is walking around and he's saying, but I got something much bigger for you. Wait, what? No, Jesus. That was enough. What do you mean you got something bigger for me? No, no, I got a, I got a gift. I got, I got a promise. I got something that will, will be with you forever because I got to go back to my father's house. I got to go sit where my father's at. But I got something way bigger for you. Hello? Are you thankful for Jesus? Are you thankful that with him there is so much more in store, that he has promises that are yes and amen, that he is faithful till the end, that you are the head and not the tail, that he is in front of you, behind you, he is all around you. This is the promise of Jesus. So Jesus in these moments is sitting there going, I got so much more for you. I heard this said, and I'm going to use it, because in, in the church world it's not stealing, it's sharing. I don't remember who said it, but. I've heard it said a lot, and this is the truth that I want to drive home today, that Jesus coming to earth was not just to get us to heaven. Some of us in this room today, you've accepted Jesus so, just so you get your ticket. You know what I'm talking about? Like the assurance. Let me say it that way. But some people are just like, I got my ticket, and that's great. We want to be with you in heaven. Jesus just didn't die to, to get you to heaven. Hello? He died because he wanted to get heaven inside of us. Oh, yeah. This is real today. He didn't just die so that we get our ticket and we're there and we're going to be there. And I believe that's going to be a beautiful moment. He died so that you could get heaven right now inside of you. Oh, man, this is going to light us up. This is the best promise that Jesus did this for us. He gave us access to heaven. Not in our future. Pastor Jordan prayed and we pray that we look to our home that's waiting for us. But we are here. We're here. You all are breathing. You're here. So why are we here? Because he's got to get heaven to us right now so we can invade this city, so we can invade these streets, so we can invade our neighbor's home and say, hey, I got some good news for you. His name is Jesus. Maybe don't say it like that. He'll be like, get out of my house. I don't know you. He died so that he could get heaven in us today. I love that. So Jesus is with his disciples. He has these final few moments that, in my opinion, are massive. These five, I love the, the 40 days after Jesus raised to life. All the teaching, all the stories, you know, him walking through the walls, him, him calling them out for going back to what was familiar. Church, some of you in this room still, you've heard the message once. You've heard it maybe quoted twice. But some of you are going back to the things that Jesus called you out of. Stop going back to what is familiar. Let that stuff die. Let it be dead. If you don't believe Jesus got more for you, then get to your word. And let him show you that he's got more. Jesus, this is a moment where it all comes to this. It all comes to this, because right after the last piece of scripture I read, it says he just, boop, went up. 
This moment is beautiful. This moment is powerful. This commissions the church. This sends us as the church. This was the creation of the early church. This is what we build this off of. Amen? So this moment is beautiful. So he, he, he gives us four things that I want to just take away today. And I hope this is encouraging to you guys. He gave a command that was attached then with the promise. I've said that a lot. You've heard that? Yeah? Yeah. So in the scriptures, we love the promises. Anybody love promises in scriptures? I love these promises. Trust me. I quote them all day long. But what we don't realize is that there's commands that go before them. And this is right here. He says, hey, don't leave. Wait. Don't leave. Wait. And I got a gift to come. So, so he's explaining the kingdom and he's showing the kingdom. So the first point that I see here, it's just, a, it's just an observation, right? It's an observation. The first thing is this. There is always more. That was a really good place to say amen. There is always more when it comes to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God never runs dry. His love never runs out. He never stops moving. He never stops working. He never stops speaking. There is always more with Jesus. And if you aren't able to say amen after that, let me remind you this morning, there is more. And if you think he's done, he is not done with you. If you think you failed too much, you have not failed too much. He is not mad at you. He is not against you. He wants to bring you in. He wants to bring you close to his heart. He wants to show you that there is more for you. There is more. This is how the kingdom works. You know, many of us in this room, we, we see this scripture and we look at our lives and we think, yeah, but that was then and I'm here now and how does this work and I'm not, I'm not in that moment. But we are. We are in that moment where, where Jesus says, you know, he said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father's promised, which you have heard me speak about. You've heard me speak about. Jesus is speaking every single day, today, presently. He is speaking, and he's speaking things, and he's saying there is more for your life. There is promises for your life. There is hope for your life. Hey, I got a better relationship for your life. Hello? I, I got the right job. If you would just wait, if you would just hold steady, I got the right place for you to go. I got the right apartment for you to live in. You don't got to go kick down doors. You don't got to make it happen. I got it for you because there is more with me. I got deeper things I want to show you. I got deeper things in your heart that I want to take out. It's not just Jesus as a slot machine we pull and we're like, there's more. Praise God. But there's also things that are in me that Jesus is like, I got more for you, Jay. Hey, you know that little thing inside of your heart that nobody else knows about? I got something for you to rip that out. To take that out. I got more love to cover that. I got more grace to cover that. You don't got to keep thinking about your past. Because with me, there's more. We don't look to the past. We look to the future. Anybody thankful for that in this place? We don't look to what was, what we did. You can't go back. But with Jesus, we can go forward because there is always more. When you think it's over, look to Jesus. When you think it can't be healed, look to Jesus. <laughs> when you think his run, his love has run out, look to Jesus. When you think you're at the end, remember, he isn't at his end. There's always more. He's leading up to this. He's saying, I got, more, I got something more for you. Jesus, you died. You don't need anything to do anything else. No, I, I, I got more because this is how my kingdom works. There's always more with Jesus. When you think Jesus can't move anymore, look to his word. Some of you have lost faith because you're not sowing this into your heart. And you're trying to move on your own merit and your own thinking and your own way. You want to see God move? You want to see that there's more? Sow the word into your heart and watch the Lord move. Amen? There's always more with him. So, knowing that there's more, right, that's just an observation. You with me this morning? You glad to be in church? Three of us. Are you glad? Let me ask you a question. Let me ask it this way. 
Are you glad, brothers and sisters, to be in church this morning? Don't ever, please, I, I will never do that again. <laughs> the second thing is this that I see. Wait with anticipation. Wait with anticipation, knowing that there's more, knowing that, that, that there's much bigger for you, then, you. then you're called to wait with anticipation. In verse 4 it says, do not leave Jerusalem. Do not leave. But wait for the gift my father promised. It was a promise fall, uh, preceded by a command. And I, I say this, wait with anticipation. So some people are like, so pastor, like when I'm in a season and I'm trying to remind myself that there's more with Jesus, do I just become lazy? Do I just sit around and do nothing and just let it come to me? I'm like, no, 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 no. They're like, so I just chill, watch Netflix, just wait for Jesus to open up the door for the job that I'm waiting for? No, go apply. Like, they're like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> like, when you're waiting on God, there's not this just waiting in laziness. There's waiting in expectation. There's waiting with anticipation. There is waiting for God to do something. I remember when I was called to ministry, right? Someone asked me this question recently, and they said, how did you know you were called? And I, and I shared with them. And they said, so, so how did you get to where you're at today as a 32-year-old guy with my wife and my son? How did you get to where you're at today leading a church? And I explained the process of like, hey, I just didn't one day wake up and be like, hey, Pastor Jordan, hey, Pastor, we're going to plant a church right now. Like, I knew I was called. We knew that we were called here. We knew that we had a purpose. We, there was a dream inside of us. There was, a, there was a vision that was placed on our hearts. We waited with anticipation, but while we were waiting, we were still moving. Okay? I, I want to get it. Like, like he says, go wait. But if you read on, if you come back next week, we're kicking off a new series in the book of Acts. It's going to be awesome. You're going to explain that they didn't just go sit and just wait. They waited with, with action. They began to pray. They began to, to, to worship. They began to pray. They began to worship. They gathered around each other. They didn't just sit lazy by themselves saying, God, where are you? No, because with God knowing that there's more, he can call you to wait, but you wait with anticipation. I, I saw my wife before we were married. Like, like, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I saw her a lot before we were married. <laughs> we went on a lot of dates. What I'm saying is, is I saw her on the wedding day before she walked down the aisle, okay? We had pictures, so like it you know, we had to get that thing done before the rest of the day went on. So, so I remember my, my guy walked me in. I don't know who it was. One of the guys walked me into this room, and they said, just face the wall. Who's not patient in the room? I'm about to see my bride. Like, so I'm standing there staring at this, like, beige color wall. And I'm standing there, and I'm standing there, and I'm standing there, and I'm standing there. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, what's, where's she at? Because they're like, she'll be right in, you know. Ladies, when you say, I'll be right, she'll be right in. And you, I should have known in that moment, it's more like 15, 20, 30 minutes later. Like, I'm sitting there, like, with this anticip anticipation, like, oh, man, I'm going to get to see my bride. Oh, man, I'm going to see my bride. Oh, man, I'm going to get to see my bride. And the Lord said, stop panicking. Just start thanking me for what you're about to see. I could have been there, like, I'm just waiting. Ah! But I began to wait with anticipation, like, man, what is she going to look like when I turn around? Is she going to want to marry me when she turns around? Is she going to be as excited as I am? I'm going to ball my house out because I'm an emotional mess. She's going to be there all strong. and No, we both balled. It was awesome. She's amazing. But I began to wait with this anticipation. This anticipation was stirring up that I'm going to turn and I'm going to see my bride. Like, this is the same way in a sense of the kingdom. Like, if we wait with anticipation, knowing that he's got good things for us, knowing that he's got promises for us, knowing that he has a calling for you, if you wait with anticipation, come on, you're going to see great things. You're going to see great things. I don't have much time, but I, I do want to share this. It's a, you know, patience is hard, right? Patience is hard. It's a virtue, it says. Patience is so hard. 
But, but when you're called to just sit, knowing that there's more, but you're just called right now in this season to sit and wait and sow the word and sow the word and show up to church. Guys, and the best thing you can do in a season in your life where you're called to wait, show up to the house of God faithfully. Get into your word faithfully. It's the best thing you can do. And every season of life do that. But especially when you're in a season of like, I don't know what to do next. Show up to the house of God. But there was this study, and I shared it with a group of people. Uh, about the, They call this guy the marshmallow man. Some of you in the room, you know what I'm about to say. They did this study where they put these th- uh, three-year-old and four-year-old and five-year-old boys in a room, uh, children in a room. And they sat them down at a table, like one of those little kids' tables. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like they sat them down in the chairs, and they put a marshmallow in the middle of the table. Three, four, five-year-olds. And they said, hey, if you can last ten minutes without grabbing that marshmallow, we will give you two marshmallows. And you could just see the kids' eyes. I watched it. They were like, wow, two marshmallows. Ooh. And I'm not talking like little tiny ones. I'm talking like the big ones. You know what I'm saying? Like the big, like s'mores ones where you, no, nobody eats those marshmallows. We're vegan country now and like gluten-free. Like I still like marshmallows. Like come at me. And they put it there and the kids come in and some of the kids like, you could see them like tapping their feet, like hitting their hand. Like, ah, ah, if I could just make it 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And the buzzer goes off and ding. And then they get two and they're walking on. They're like, yes. <laughs> And then you see the kids that couldn't make it past 30 seconds and just grabbed the marshmallow off and shoved it in their mouth. And it was interesting what they found was that, like, and it's a case study. Like, don't, don't go quote me. The New York Times reported that, that the people that waited patiently, that they, that they waited with anticipation that if I wait, if I just sit, if I just wait, if I just wait, I'm going to get something else on top of what's in front of me. Hello? I'm preaching to somebody. If I just wait, like they were more likely, these students, these kids, I should say, as they got older, they scored higher on the SAT scores, right? They were found to be more patient in their workplace. They got better jobs. There, there was another thing where they were like less, like less likely to use like substance abuse and all that stuff. Like there was a lot of findings that, that said, hey, the kids that just sat with anticipation, they caught it. They got it. That, hey, if I just wait... If I just wait like, like I've been told, and the people of God in this time, they knew, okay, if he's calling us to go wait, we're going to go wait because there's a promise waiting for us. There's a gift waiting for us. It's much bigger than Jesus just saying, go wait. Hello? Because some of us are in seasons where we're just like, God's told me to wait, and I don't know what to do. Ask him why he's put you in that season. Amen? Ask him why he's put you in that season of waiting. Because I believe he'll speak to you. Is this, is this just encouraging you? Anybody? 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 What happens, though, is when we don't wait, and we just start going, we start walking aimlessly. We got a lot of Christians, believers, walking aimlessly in life. Just like, I'll figure it out. I don't need to wait on God. I got gifting, I got talent, I got abilities. I don't need to wait on God, I'll figure it out. Can we be a church? Can we be people, actually, that say, I'm going to wait on God every single day. I'm going to press in when it's hard. I'm going to press in when it doesn't feel good. You guys know that this moves us from just receiving on Sundays to pressing in Monday through Saturday. To pressing in every day of the week, saying, God, I know you got great plans for me. I know you got promises for me. I know you got something else for me. Amen? Amen. Let's not wander. Let's wait with anticipation. The third thing is this. Pastor Jordan, come on up in the band. The third thing is this. Gifts come in the waiting. Whew. Gifts come in the waiting. Anybody like Christmas? I was a kid that found out Santa Claus wasn't real. There's no children If I said that and your kid's in here, just talk to them afterwards. Just pray with them. It's... But I would totally be the kid that could not wait. I would go in my parents' closet because I found out that's who was, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'd open up the closet and find my gifts. It was awesome. I got reprimanded, I can't tell you, how many years in a row for Christmas. And my parents would say, if you just wait, 
You get this gift. Gifts come when we wait. Like, like, hey, let me just be honest here. Single people, don't give yourself up to somebody. Wait. Oh, for real. I got to talk to someone because we got a young church. Stop giving yourself up to somebody. Wait for the right one. Hello? Okay. All right. Because gifts come in the waiting. You guys know my story. The Lord healed me and covered me, but I waited for my wife. And it's the man, the little man's here. It's the best gift. Gifts come in the waiting. And, and the promise was, hey, hey, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my, fa- my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Patience and waiting and just anticipating God to move. As scripture says in Isaiah that when we wait upon the Lord, uh, we're going to renew our strength. Hello? This is Bible. Our strength's going to be renewed when we, we, we wait. Right? We're going to soar on wings like eagles. We're going to run and not grow faint. How many of you are tired? Guess what? Go wait on the Lord. Go press in. Because if we can just, you know what, you know what we say now today in this culture all the time? I'm almost done. I know I'm almost done. How you doing? Good. I'm just super tired. Like it's like the cultural thing to say now. Everywhere. Especially in the church. How you doing? I'm just really tired. I'm like, okay, like I've been, I've, I've done that. I wonder if Christians, this is just a side sermon, just so if you call Oasis home, like I wonder if we as Christians, when we're asked like, how are you doing? Like you can be like, you know what? I'm physically tired, but woo, spiritually, man, woo, I've waited on God today. I'm on a high. I don't even know how I'm high, but I'm on a high. Like not this high, but like, woo, this high. Like I am high on Jesus, and it's the best thing because I waited with him this morning, and he met me right where I was at this morning. If you would just wait on God, what gifts would he give you? This is what shows the world and shows the city that there's more with Jesus. They're not seeing a bunch of Christians walking around like, he's so good. Yeah, he doesn't look good. Like, that doesn't look like somebody I want to follow. Because we haven't waited on the Lord to renew our strengths, to meet us. And the gifts come right at the right time. The right time they come. So, so if we just wait, gifts come. It's the promise of heaven. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to renew you. He's going to give you what you need for that day. His spirit. His spirit to fall upon your room, to fall upon your house. I, I, I will say this. This is, this is me being honest. I never want to leave my house. I, I, 99.9% of my days, I try not to leave my house until I have sat and I've waited before God. Until I've said, God, even if I just got five minutes right now, and I'm coming back to you in a moment, but I got five minutes, I got to get to a meeting, I'm up early, I'm not going to leave this house until you give me your spirit right now in a greater measure, until you anoint my steps today, until you anoint my home today, until you anoint my son's life today, until you anoint my wife's life today, until you anoint our church today. God, I'm waiting upon you to do this for me because this is who you are. This is your character. I encourage you to wait. On God, every day. Is this encouraging us this morning? Is this making sense this morning? Playing drums and trying to preach. My mind's going 5,000 miles an hour. But I'm grateful. And then this is the last thing. If you wait, the promise is this, is that power is the gift. Like, to me, that's the best gift I could receive. Power. Not power 
to be the man. Not power to rule with an iron fist, right? Like, don't miss that word, like, with that kind of power. Like, oh, I'm just going to be the the man. I'm going to run the show. Like, no, power to take a step every single day. Power to take this step. Power to take this step. Power to take this step. Oh, there's someone there in need. Power to go and talk to them. Oh, oh, there's, there's a person that is, is broken and, and they're finding their fix in the bottle. Power. Oh, there's, there's, there's this marriage and that's a mess. Oh, guess what? I can speak into it. Power. Hello? Oh, my job is just frustrating and it's hard. But guess what? I'm walking in power. See, the gift is power from the Spirit of God. He says, I want to empower you with my gift, which is my Spirit that will reign inside of you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The dead, three days dead, raise them to life. That spirit is inside of you. That is the gift. Some of you, I know you don't come from, like, the Holy Spirit's weird. Like, I get it. The church has made it super weird sometimes. And TV has made it ultra weird. Can I be honest? That is not how the Spirit of God works. The Spirit of God wants to empower you, wants to strengthen you, wants to equip you, wants to move in your life, wants to heal your life, wants to restore your life. The Holy Spirit is not going to just fall on you and you're going to lose your mind and run through a window. That's not how he works. The Holy Spirit does want to fall and fill you and move in you because it's the promise of heaven and he wants to empower you. What happens when a church becomes empowered? Let me just sit for a moment because I can't even imagine. If our church actually desired the outpouring of the Spirit upon their lives, what our church would do. Guys, we wouldn't be able to contain people in this house. We would have to find a building next week. Because if we just waited before God and if we just said, God, I'm sitting at your feet for my life, for my friends, for my family, for my church. Whoo! What happens? Guys, what happens? Miracles. Oh, miracles are for that time. We don't believe that at this church. Miracles are for today. Healing is for today. Deliverance is for today. Signs and wonders are for today. People seeing visions for your life are here for today. We believe that at this church. I'm just saying that's what we believe. We see it to the scriptures. We believe in it today. That's what happens when the spirit of God falls. The gift of power comes. The spirit fills us. You know what happens in the, when, the, when the spirit falls and the power comes? Labels and denominations don't happen because people walk in unity. Now, that statement, I mean, that could give, I don't have time, just hear me. We don't have division in the church. I got a lot of buddies and a lot of friends that are in different denominations. I love them. I'm with you. I'm, just hear me. But there is, there is no longer we against them. It's us moving in power to reach our city, to reach our neighbors, to reach our neighborhoods, to reach our schools. We're unified. What happens when the power and the gift fell? They went out and did the work of God. They were empowered to go reach their city. Some of you are like, God, I want you to move, but you're not willing to receive his power because it's a gift. Guess what happens when you get a gift? I'm closing with this because this is how I'm going to wrap it all up. What happens when you get a gift? You got one of two choices, yeah? So are you with me this morning? Like, 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 like you got an opportunity to, to take the gift, right? Anybody like getting gifts? My hand is up. My birthday's in January, January 25th. Just letting you know. Science, my love language, I guess you call it. But if you get a gift, you have one of two choices. You can receive the gift, which I always will do. Or you don't receive it. And you say, I don't want it. Like when I buy my wife something that I like for her. 
and I walk in because I think she would like it. But it's actually my love language, and I bought it for her so that I could also buy something at the store. And I come to her and I say, hey, babe, I love you so much. Look at the gift I got you. And she looks at me and goes, I don't want that gift. Take it back. <laughs> I'm like, no, but you need this. She's like, take it back. We have two choices. You can receive this gift. You say today, I, I, we're just going to pray and worship. This is, this is scripture. You can say, you know what, God, I, I, do, I do want your power. I want your Holy Spirit to fall in my life. Maybe you've prayed that before, and, but there's been a little doubt, like what's going to happen. Is it going to be like that guy on TV? No. You're going to be like the people in the Bible that go and proclaim the message of Jesus Christ and see lives transformed. So today, we're going to close with just, Father, if you're in this room, I want to receive your power. I need your Holy Spirit to fill me. I need the gift. I, I've, I need your gift. Your gift of salvation and, and the promise of that is beautiful. But God, I know with you there's much more than that. There's much more, and that is your Holy Spirit to empower me every single day of my life. I'm not going to walk by my strength, but not, my, not by my might, but by the power of the Spirit, says the Lord. So today, with every head bowed and every eye closed. It's just a moment here. Do you believe today that with Jesus there's much more for your life? Much more for your family? For your future? That his promises are yes and amen for you. But do you believe this morning that he wants to give you a gift that is good? And that is the gift of his spirit. To rule and to reign in your life. To give you wisdom and discernment. To speak to you, to love you, to guide you and direct you, to empower you, to be the catalyst of change for this city and the people around you. If you're in this room today and you just say, you know what, God, I want your power to fall, just, just open up your hands to him. Don't raise your hand to me. Just open up your hands to him and say, Father, I receive your power today. I receive your gift. I receive your gift today, and I'm going to receive your power every single day. I want to be strengthened by your, your power. I want to be strengthened by your spirit. I don't want to walk unless you're with me. I don't want to talk unless you're speaking through me. I need your power in this room today. Come on, just begin to cry out to him if you can. If you, des if you feel comfortable, just begin to say, thank you, Jesus, for your gift of power. Thank you, Jesus, for your gift of grace. Thank you, Jesus, that you're strengthening me. Thank you that you're giving strength to my knees, that you're strengthening my mind, that you're going to help me to stand when I can't stand myself. Come on, thank you, Jesus. We worship you today, Father. We praise you, God, that you're empowering us, that you're filling us with power and strength, God, that you're giving us your gift that you promised to your church. We thank you that you're pouring out your spirit on homes, on marriages, on little ones, God, even the kids in Kids Zone, that your Holy Spirit's being poured out right now upon them, God. God, we're waiting with you, God. We're trusting you, God, in the waiting to move every single day of our lives, God. So help us, Father, not to leave until we wait upon you. Help us not to step out unless we've waited at your feet, God, because you're worthy. You're the one that's going to guide us. You're the one that's going to fill us. So, Jesus, we praise you. We bless you. Come on, church, can we just stand to our feet? Can we praise him and worship him this morning?